Hello everybody, this is Jules and before we begin, I would like to say a few things regarding this wonderful podcast. This is a project that I have been thinking about since 2019 and it's only now that I have managed to get it going. So I do appreciate that you're taking the time to give it a listen. I want to take this opportunity to thank the Creative Caravan that has supported me in the production of this podcast. Also, a very big thanks to each of my guests who allowed themselves to trust me with their stories and helped me in creating a space where people can feel like they can relate to one another, learn from one another, and find a sense of belonging. Enjoy! Welcome to So This Is Love, a podcast about love, the loss of love, heartbreak, and the meeting of self. We share stories on how the relationships we once had teach us about who we are and define who we become. And maybe through these stories, we can answer that age-old question. Is it better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all? So, this is love. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of So This Is Love. Today's episode is a little bit different. The way I've created and designed this podcast is that people come and share stories anonymously. And the reason I do that is not so much that my audience cannot um, recognize who is speaking. In fact, some of my guests have been public figures. Their voices are definitely recognizable. But the main reason I do that is because I get people who want to share stories but they feel like the pers- you know the stories are so personal they are quite sensitive and they're not confident to speak in their own name so that anonymity gives them kind of like some sort of protection and a, and it gives them an ability to share without um reservation and also the person who the other person in the relationship or the other p- persons, you know, we're open here, um, is not here to talk about their side of the story. So that anonymity kind of serves that. I know we have spaces where people come and speak about their relationships openly. I've spoken about my relationships openly, but it's just the way I designed the podcast. However, today's guest, he is very different. He was like, Nigel's Mimi, Nisakuja Kama Mimi. And I was like, but you know me, I designed the podcast like this. And he said, no, no, no. I, I had to concede with him. I had to concede because I really, really wanted Kevin on this podcast. My guest's name is Kevin Mwachiro. He is an amazing human being who I met recently, but we kind of knew each other of each other because of a connection we had in the past. <laughs> We're not going to say how. Um, and, and Kevin is a brilliant, brilliant Kenyan writer. He is also an activist and a podcaster. Um, I will let him introduce himself, something I don't usually do on this podcast because people come here with a pseudonym. Kevin, I'd love you to tell people a little bit more about yourself. But first and foremost, welcome to So This Is Love. Asante San, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, thank you for having me once again. My name is Kevin Wachiro. Like you said, I'm a, I'm a writer, podcaster, um, freelance journalist, um, activist, I'm also a queer activist, into social justice, Manenos. Um, and basically, I'm a storyteller. Yeah. And uh, I've been doing this for a while, um, the storytelling. Um, and also, like you said, I'm openly queer. Or open, or I'll just say for this context, context, I'll say I'm openly gay. And um, and it's why I have no problem in in, con- in hiding my identity because I think visibility and representation is important, mm-hmm. um, especially at my age. Um, we are called the senior gays you know, by, by by some of my friends. <laughs> You look very young, by the way. You told yeah. me your age. You yes. told me your age yes. the other day. And I'm sitting across you before we started the podcast. I'm like, how is he that age? Like, you're a good-looking guy. You, you've taken care of yourself. I think I've always, I've always enjoyed looking after my health. And I, I, live, I live pretty healthily. Um, but I think it is important to show people that gay people in Kenya, queer people in Kenya have been around for a while. Thank you. Yeah, and there are people who have been all, who are older than me, and they were they were they are they were like our forebearers, so to speak, you know. And right now, guys are like, "Where are you guys? This is like we can't go to the club because we can't hear very well. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that music is loud, and I'd been bed by ten. You know, yeah. And, like, and we, we used to do these things, Kitambo. I never thought I'd be saying that, you know. But but I think it is important to show people that. You even at my age, as you progress in life, 
as you can still be you can still be true to yourself yeah you know and i am just grateful that um that i have been given this journey of 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 my journey of self discovery of self acceptance started a while back um and i told myself i'm not going i'm not going to perform i'm not going to be something that i am not and i'll take it with all the punches mm. and from then on i i learned that freedom comes with a price but it also makes you fly Okay. And by the way guys, um Kevin is there's this book he just gave me as a gift walking in. I'm telling you I'm the one who should be gifting him because he's on my set but he's come with a beautiful gift for me. It's a book called Courage to Share Queer Activism in Africa. So it's a book that has a collection of stories, queer stories from Africa. It's called Courage to Share and it's available online. I'm going to leave the link to this book in the show notes of this podcast so i would really highly recommend that you get this book let's support it let's see the stories that have been on that are on the continent yep. um um about is it about queer relationships or coming out stories no, how how would you say many of them are coming out stories yeah yeah finding themselves and the good thing about this book it's it's in english and in french and in well. french yes so um i think that's really fantastic because there is a move to have a lot more of the content out in various languages of the continent I'm passionate about um queer Africans. Mm. Really. I've been involved in in that movement, that activist movement on the continent and I'm just really really excited to see that it is vibrant, it is growing and you know almost every African country um has a com- one it has a community without saying, but there is some form of formal Organ- some form of organizing that is taking place that right. advocates for the rights of queer people. Okay, I'm here for that. So, let's get into the juice. Why the people are here. Kevin will be here to talk about a relationship, a very defining relationship um, in his life. I told him to pick any story, but it has to be a story or an experience that had a lot of I don't say character development because that word has been taken out of context but but it's essentially that character development um um and he's going to be telling us about a relationship that he had with a man who is also openly gay called Carlos and Kevin I'd like you to take us to the beginning it all began at a pan african queer conference in southern africa in Botswana actually and then um I think it was a second or third day I was walking from the conference venue to um to where we were having lunch and this guy um I was with another colleague who introduced me to Carlos and he got up and he's 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 just just slightly taller than me I think he's 511 6 um 6 foot tall um beautiful he was wearing like mc hammer pants i don't know you know <laughs> like jaipur pants he had beautiful loop earrings he had a, a swahili I would call it a mwanya the gap mm. i mean that thing just wow. me too like, i love oh, i always God. i even wanted the gap myself this time we went <laughs> to the dentist i was like can you like drill down there <laughs> <laughs> i mean i just think it's such a beautiful only 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 africans or black people have the mwanya you know oh yeah you know, I just thought it was like, wow. And he, I mean, he, he chocolate-colored skin. I'm like, brother. You know, and he was also wearing, I think he was also wearing a fedora. So he's he's very eccentric in the mm. way he dresses. Like, wow. And when I saw him, I was like, this guy looks really nice. And this was a conference, so I was slightly ratchet, I must confess. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, so we didn't say, I went for lunch with other people. Um, it was only maybe later on as a, as a conference progressed our paths started um, crossing we'd see one another and then at one time we'd have dinner already you know we're like i'll wait we're telling mother we started inviting us each other for dinner with everyone else like what time you're having dinner i'll finish my session can we meet after that and we'd have really engaging conversation really mostly about the movement about sexuality about queerness on the continent and what needs to be done um i I was fascinated and and even the environment we were in was just full of activists from across the continent you know for me spaces like that energize me Mm. because you're able to see this is this is this could be possible we're an african country we were queer we were discussing our lives you know people of course apart from discussing um activism or being ratchet left right and center (laughs) there was a sense of utter freedom that was beautiful um so me i'm like hey these three days brother yeah 
Um, so I sort of started making sure he, he was around my space. So I was around, I'd rather I was around his space quite a bit. And then on the second last night, I think we, we had dinner together. We made out in the lift, you know. Um, and then we were like, man, really feeling this guy. Yeah. Um, that was more so sexually, to be honest. Um, and then the second last night before we went, I'm like, this guy's not leaving this country before us guys actually get together. And we did. You know, um, it was a beautiful night. Um, he's I, African, right? Yes, yes. Because you said Pan African conference. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he's African. He's from uh, Cote d'Ivoire. Okay. Yeah. So it was a really beautiful evening, really, and I just loved his company. He was muscular. I like athletic guys who are athletically built. You know, muscle in the right places. Um, it, was, it was it was beautiful. After that conference, we just went our separate ways. Um, we became Facebook friends. Um, but it was just that. I think it was only until six months later that he just reached out saying, heck, um, enjoyed meeting you at that meeting, at that conference. Uh, it would be nice just to continue just chatting. I sort of feel you. I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, I'm also feeling you. He was one of the guys like, I'm feeling you quite a bit. Um, so we just became online friends and we started just um, talking to one another a lot more often on WhatsApp. There's one time there was a meeting in Ethiopia. I contemplated, like, I can just come. I have miles on Ethiopian Airlines. I can come and just be with you. Like, no, don't worry. We'll meet eventually. Mm -hmm. And then we met that year in June. I happened to be in New York. He happened to be in New York. Um, and we met at Pride. You know, like, I'm going to be in New York. And... It, it, For those who don't know, what is Pride? I, I've always wanted to actually ask what the experience is like. Is this the Pride March? This is the Pride March. This is this is a, this is a celebration of what happened at the Stonewall Bar in New York, where um, active um, the I can't remember her name. Forgive me. Um, trans women um, stood up against the harassment from the New York State Department. You know, Marsha P. Johnson. Mm. Um, you know, they had, they, the police kept on going to Stonewall to harass them. You know, they'd extort them. But this one night, they said, no more, and they fought back. And that's where the movement work in America is said to have begin. So I think last that when we were there, it was either 30 or 40 years of the anniversary since that night. So it was a big thing. You know, there were rainbow flags all over that neighborhood. You know, it was Pride Month. June is Pride Month in, in, in Western countries, in, North, in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, and it's one of those things I've just always wanted to be in. This is New York. It was my first time in New York. And um, I, I, was, I was in New York. I, I ran the Pride Marathon. I ran that Pride 10K that was, that was taking place. And I was going to witness um, the, the march, mm. you know, and just stand by and just cheer people. And then the guys who, was, who had organized um, one of the, 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 the 10K, there was, they had a dream called International Front Runners. So International Front Runners is a group of um, queer individual, individuals from across the world who love running. Okay. So New York, uh, New York Front Runners were going to be part of the parade. And I got invited to be a part of that parade. It was just off the hook. Just walking around <laughs> New York and people are cheering you on. Yeah. You your rainbow flag. Oh my God, it's one of the best experiences of my life. Okay. You know, you we, we walked for like four hours, you know, just cheering. You know, it was just amazing. I saw Billy Porter from the stage. I'm like, oh, that's Billy Porter from far. You know, um, some CNN guy who's kind of in the closet because of people. I'm like, I see you. <laughs> um, but and then I, after we had finished our march and I just stood and then just cheered everybody on, you know. It oh, was wow. such a fantastic experience the different communities that are in New York. There was, there was a black um, there was a black community, there was a Latino community, you know, people from countries where they can't freely express themselves who are marching. And I kept on hoping one day, I hope this will happen for us here on the continent. Mm. Um, so Carlos was also there. Um, but then he, we had a thing, he, there was an ex of his there and it sort of like didn't go the way I had hoped it was. And I'm like, me, I'm out. You know, um, and I was beginning to just grow into myself to verbalize what I was feeling. You know, there was another guy in the picture, and I'm like, but I thought we were going to be here together. And I'm like, me, I'm not playing the third wheel, man. Yeah. You know, and I told him, I like you. You're one of the reasons, apart from pride, that I was in New York, and I was hoping we'd get together. But this third wheel thing is tough, but me, I'm out. That Saturday evening, he's like, 
this happened on Sunday, sorry. Um, Pride was on Sunday. So Sunday evening, like, I'm free, but I'd really, really like to meet you. I was like, ah. I'd made other plans, you know, uh, ratcheting. This is Pride. <laughs> At that time, like, man, I told this other person that I can't make it. And I was honest, you know, I'm like, there's someone who I also wanted to come and see. They're available, and I'm actually choosing them over you. I had this person, you know, but I didn't want to lie to this other person. I don't. I didn't think they deserved that. Spent that evening with um, with Carlos, and then he went off back to wherever he was coming from, and I went on with my holiday. Um, then we started talking. We just started talking over the phone. We'd have two, three-hour conversations, really good conversations, and I'd really look forward to that. It was lovely, and the, the attraction was we were with the same age. Um, then I was, I think, we were both in our late 40s. We were both openly gay. We were both activists. We were both passionate about um, the movement work. You know, we were both, we were both readers, loved reading. Um, there was some element of believing in, 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 in traditional, um, of being in that healing space, that spirit was spiritual without being religious. We're in that space, you know, he looked after himself. I looked after myself. It 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 just it ticked so many boxes. Mm-hmm. It ticked so many boxes. You know, if there's a line up there with comments, additional comments you could put, additional comments. <laughs> there, <laughs> there, um, um, but it was a, it was, I had to come to Kenya. It was a distance relationship. And then fortunately, um, he managed to come to Kenya in November for a, there's a conference called ICPD that was taking place in Nairobi. So I came up for for that from Kilifi. I live in Kilifi. So I came up for that. So we had at least four days together in Nairobi. And it was lovely. Mm. You know, took him to Tigoni to the tea, tea plantations. He'd never seen that, you know. And we spent a night in, in Tigoni. It was really nice. Um, and then while we're at it, it's like, why don't you come to Cote d'Ivoire for my birthday and, and Christmas and New Year and spend time there? I said, Yes. Um, and it was weird. I was when I was leaving the airport. I'm like, I'm going to a country I've never been to for a jama. I'm not going for work. Yeah. Usually it's work trips. They're like, no. So this I'm, was this is a little bit different. Uh, it's like I'm um, not in character with you. It's just, it's just yeah. And then my family like, so it's a work trip. I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm going to see someone I like, and it was me just being very like. I, I didn't want to hide it, you know. And I was sitting on the plane like, okay, well, you've pondered that. You read things like this in, in, in stories, you know. But I'm like, yeah, I'm going to see this guy I like, you know. And I was in Cote d'Ivoire for almost three and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. And it was lovely. It was really nice. It was, you know, and we both love food. We realized we both love food. So, and Ivorian food is delicious. It was going to restaurants, um, Nice restaurants, they are all markets, or they call them marquees, and eating Ivorian food and, and eating it. You know, to, to be able to eat with your hands, and we are both eating with our hands. Just, we were both very grounded. Mm. And then him also introducing me to his family. They're, they're not a very well off family, you know, but going to a neighbor, a high density neighborhood, and him showing me his true what I would say then was his true self. I met his mom, I met his siblings. You know, and I took a gift for the for the mom, you know, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, this is a guy you hardly know, but I'm like, you've taken a gift for their moms. And I'm like, I'm a mamiro kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I took gifts for the mom. Uh, and for me, it was, yeah, and I, and I got to see him. And I think I was the first boyfriend the family had met. Okay. You know, so his friends were like, oh, yeah, this is Kevin. And my French is very limited. You know, but every but I didn't feel out of place, Sana. So I was there for his birthday. We're there for New Year's. We're there for I mean for Christmas, for New Year's, and we'd go and hang out with my mom. She she passed on, but it was nice just being included in that family. And like, oh wow, this is what it's like to 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 have a mother-in-law. I mean, it wasn't the first time, but to I think that thing of having a mirror. I, I, extension of a family mm-hmm. Miro, uh, black black in-laws i'm like this is what it could be you know meeting his niece and they call me tonton uh, his, uh, tonton kevin uncle uncle kevin mm-hmm. you know her name was ketura lovely girl you know it, it felt that and we just hang out he'd take me to places around abidjan we'd go to the shops together um it was just really cool 
it was really really nice um and then covid happened and then we didn't see one another for like 11 months um and then he came to kenya spent six weeks here um it was really nice having him around um and then i think the work started for when he left i noticed that there was an element of me that would disappear when i'm around him you know and i started telling myself kevo don't disappear also make yourself known in this relationship make your needs known in this relationship i'm i'm the kind of guy who will just give kabisa you know where my needs are secondary and something just told me this is not right mate you know mm-hmm. you just make need to make sure that your, your your needs are as important as theirs and make your needs known don't be oh yeah, yeah if if this is what you want to do let's do it you know not that it was always like that but i was seeding people say maybe seeding your power i was seeding my power quite a bit um so went through another spell where we didn't see one another for a number of months the communication wasn't great and in a distance relationship i was tired of just saying good morning and good evening and that was all we were talking mm. about and when that happened for a while i'm like i told him boss this this is not right yeah in long in long distance communication has to be like a top priority you have to make you have to make time for it and my friend told me just tell each other everything even Oh, the mama lady is over. Oh, okay, mm. you know, so that you're busy pouring into each other's lives, right? You know? Right. And at times, and he's like, "Oh, we're so busy." And I told him, "Mate, we can't. We need to see one another. We're not." He had planned to come to Kenya like twice before. It didn't happen because of uh, his, 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 the company he was working for was based here, but that didn't happen. And we're like, we just have to make a concerted effort to put our own monies into this relationship, so that you're either I come to you or you come to me. So when an opportunity came some job came told him sir I'm booking my ticket I'm coming over to Cote d'Ivoire. No when I was coming to when I, when I told him I was going to Cote d'Ivoire I could I could sense from my father he wasn't quite enthused because he kept on asking when are you coming when are your dates when are your dates I'm like I've sent you everything you have my printout of this blah 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 why do you keep asking me for this you know check mm. you know um looking back at it I think the proper first red flag was when I arrived in Cote d'Ivoire on this trip. This the second time. Yeah, yeah. He arrived with another gentleman at the airport. I just thought, oh, because he was coming in from out of town, that this is maybe this is the driver. Oh, and he introduced me, and eventually said, no, this is so and so. This is this is my friend. I mean, in my head, I'm like, I haven't seen you in a while. Why would you come with someone else to the airport mm-hmm. to greet me? And he's greeting at the airport was not as cordial for mm. someone you hadn't seen I'm like I'm your boyfriend it's not as enthusiastic like you said yeah it's not as enthusiastic I'm like mm, mm. I'm going to six hours <laughs> and that was not the thing he was very open about who he was as a person um and then this other person just happened to be around for more days than I would have liked while we were there I mean we did have our time but I could tell even when we got to the flat like oh this guy has been has been here he looks familiar he, this flat is familiar to him and for me it's not it's not that he was seeing someone else it's that he never told me i hadn't seen him now for almost te- another 10 months and i'm like okay this is this is interesting um so it, when we did eventually have a conversation you know and even something had even changed physically between us when we did have that conversation i asked him so who exactly is this guy and what is he to you mm-hmm. you know um that was when i'm like okay you know and i started asking questions so where do we stand where are we seeing ourselves going we had a number of conversations and something within me started just feeling unsettled this guy wasn't a bad guy he was a very kind person you know and we did hang out you know but the thing for me was i didn't he kept this away from me for so long he i'm like you you've never mentioned him you know there are traces of him in the house you know when you when we spoke that day you didn't say anything you know one time was on the 24th i'm like what are you doing like oh i don't feel like doing anything we'll probably just stay at home and then to find out on the 24th there's this big party at the house on the flat mm. i'm like brah he also came to kenya the following month but there was still communication with him between him and this other guy in cote d'ivoire um in a way that we we want even communicating as well Did you had you asked him had you what did he say when you asked 
Who is this guy to you? He said he said he's a friend. They had been seeing one another. Um, how it started? He told me how it started. He'd come and help him with you know house chores and company. Eventually, started spending over. There was sex, you know. And he's like, but he's not the kind of guy I would date, you know. And, and I'm like, okay, but is it serious? Like, no, it's just companionship. Mm-hmm. But. For me, it felt a little bit more than companionship because every morning you'd be like, "Hey, they'll call one another and check on each other and how they slept." So I'm like, "Okay, this is more than companionship." You know, he'd want to do things for him. It's like, "Oh, I need to get stuff for this guy as well." You know, when when Kenya, you know, help me buy stuff for this guy. I'm like, "Were you and Carlos in a monogamous relationship as no, far as you we knew?" Were, we were not in a monogamous. That, that issue of him seeing it was not. So I, I think from the thing for me was. You didn't tell me, and then even when we were together, I don't think he did enough to protect me. I Where see. I was the one constantly asking for information, I was the one um, initiating discussions about the relationship and where we stand. It was always me. I felt, why am I always the one having to do this? You know. Um, even when we came to Kenya and we did have a conversation, I, I remember the day before he left, um, I told him, I'm feeling a certain way. You're going back to Cote d'Ivoire. You're going back to this guy. I'm, I'm, I'm left here in Kilifi with nothing. And he's like, no, you're overthinking this. You know, you're still priority. If there's anything you need, you'll be number one. But it just didn't, it didn't feel enough. Mm. It didn't feel enough. Um, so he left um and during the time that he left i just started replaying conversations thinking about um how i'd been treated and i remember what i'd gone to a place in malindi just to think and jules i won't cheat you when it just something just hit me like a thud and i was telling my friends this is what happens one of my girlfriends i think from the moment the moment i told her about the airport story she's like stop and just said this guy's not good for you I don't want I don't want to know anything else but this guy is not good for you because she's like I have been in such a situation Kevin you know and I'm like not not Carlos mm. um so I remember I was walking along the beach just reflecting and I felt like someone punched me and I just killed over because like what the hell have I been doing what has happened to me and from then on I needed I knew I just needed to get out it took a while I just knew I needed to get out Were you in love with him? Yes. Terribly. Terribly. Guys knew, oh, you know, guys knew how much I loved him. I didn't hide it. You know one of those relationships you post online and everything. Mm. Um, cuz I was happy and I and I'd been in re- this was the first time. Well, not first time. I was happy. You know, it was a, this was a queer African couple. Yeah. You know, I just um there was that and 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 I would like to believe we were both happy. You know, and I did love him, Kabisa, mm. Kabisa. The thing with me, I love hundred and ten percent. You know, and and I'd hoped, I'd hoped we'd have gone far. You know, um, as a couple. Um, so that, so I just, I decided, just really thinking, doing a lot of meditation at that time, and just asking myself, is this how you want to be loved, Kevo? And I'm like, nah, nah, fam. You know, um, and then eventually I called you off. And how did he take that? Not very well. Mm. Not very well because I didn't think he saw it coming. Okay. I think he was happy with the status quo and I think he thought I'd, I was going to oblige him. Saying, yeah, because I remember one time I asked him, so what do we call this? He said, call, I like the way it's a friendship relationship. Mm. And I'm like, what the hell? Those friends benefits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he, I remember, I remember this. I remember he's like, I've been in two long-term relationships. You know, I like the way this one is right now. And I'm like... I think that should have been a big thing for me like okay. Mm. Do I and then having been away for so long and I'm like you want to go through another year of us not knowing when we are going to meet one another and not yes. planning. And I'm like I I don't want that. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. You know? It would take a lot for me to commit to a long distance relationship because I've been in a long distance relationship when I was much younger and we loved each other but There's not like it's not just love. There's work. The work that you need to do in a long distance relationship is double what you need to do in a regular yeah. relationship. And if you're somebody who is not an effective communicator, 
forget about it. 2021 was a difficult year. Mm-hmm. A difficult year for both of us in terms of there was a lot of loss on both our sides and and we lost people who who are very dear to us and it was difficult not being able to support him. Uh and I and I'd like to think also on the other side, you know. Um it's it's hard going through grief and you, and the person you care for is not near you and you can't be near them when they're also going through grief. I really wanted to be there for him when they lost their mom. I just really can't admit her. Mm. I would I would have gone if I had the tombs, I would have been on the next bite out and just be there for him, you know. Um but the universe sort of made it that it wasn't possible. But I just really struggled with that. I just really wanted to to show up for him. Um, and fast forward to now, the, 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 when I called it off, and him, he was taken aback. He was taken aback. I don't think he. he I don't think um, he, he. He didn't expect it. And and I remember that conversation really vividly when I told him my piece. He, he 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 said good night. He he signed off that conversation like it was a Zoom call. Mm. Like, okay, thank you very much for your comments. I'll take up. I'll take it. I'll take it in consideration. Yeah, and I'll get back to you. And it ended like that. Wow. I think for me, when his responses during the period, the aftermath, just really colored how I started looking at him. I'm mm. like, oh wow, bro. This is who you really are. This is who you really are because I took back control of my life. And I remember the, the thing that happened a, couple, a few years before. I said, Kevo, don't make yourself disappear. Mm. And when I stood up for myself, this was the reaction I was getting. Mm-hmm. You know, they were looking about, you did this, but you did this, but you did this. And I was like, I was not, I'd been seeing a healer in, in Kilifi. And it's like, even as you close your relationship, remember there were good moments. And there were lots of good moments. There was lots of laughter. There were, there were nice memories. And I remember telling him, I thank you for the memories. Thank you for the moments that we had. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I really wish you well, and I really genuinely wished him well, but it was hard letting go. And I was going through a really um, serious health thing at that time. At the onset of that, I'm, I, I wouldn't lie. I'm also a cancer fighter. Yes. So I, I was. I just found out that my cancer had re- relapsed at that time. Mm-hmm. So all this was happening: relationship falling apart, cancer coming back. You know. Um, so I was dealing with a lot mm-hmm. and I figured I just wanted to know if I'm going to be someone, whether they are present, even if, even if they are far, but you sort of need to know this is my person. If there's anything that would happen, he would be the first person I would call and like send a message on WhatsApp or a voice. And I'm like, this is what's happening. But I needed to know whether they were going to be there. Um, just for the journey ahead. I was, and I figured I can't focus on fighting cancer and trying to, and worrying about what's happening in Abidjan. Mm-hmm. Focus, kiddo. I'm just going to focus on my can- on fighting cancer and getting better. Yeah. Um, that was the more important thing. And it was that. And, 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 and from then was a journey of just realizing that there were a number of red flags and I kind of ignored them. Um, you, you, you see, I don't know if you've seen those memes. Oh, I saw the red flags, but I thought it was a sarcasm. Although <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> for someone else. And I didn't think I was that guy. It was it's like, how, oh, something's happening over there. Nice. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, you know, though, for me. And, and I really had to take stock. I really had to take stock. And, and um, Some of those red flags? Okay. I just want you to say a couple of them. Because um, there's this one you said where he walked into the airport with somebody else. You know, the reason I ask this is because I also, it's like I have a, I, I, I question this analogy of red flag, red flag, red flag. Because even if you see one red flag, it's I not know. it's not enough to leave. It's usually like a cluster of flags, like a bouquet of flags. <laughs> then you're like, okay, because you need to like build a case for yourself, especially when you're at the stage of falling in love and you're still in the honeymoon phase, you're still in the euphoric phase, which can last even up to two years, those red flags, they really change color. They are red, green, purple, pink, green, red. Mm-hmm. You know you know what I mean? Because your, your judgment is just completely, completely <laughs> um, consumed with this euphoria of falling in love. I think the red flag, the first one was in New York. Oh. To be, told, to, to, to be terribly honest. Yeah. Because we had pangered that I'm, uh, this is my flight times. And then when I got to New York and I settled down, like I'm calling him, he was, he was kind of umteja. Mm. And I'm like, 
dude, you're the only, apart from my host, you're the only person I know. And then when I called him, he spoke to me in French. I'm like, why are you speaking to me in French? It's Kevin. Only to discover that his ex was also in New York at that time and was also called Kevin. Oh, my God. And he didn't tell me that he was also meeting his ex. Oh, my God. So when we showed up at the hotel, his ex was there. So I guess niggas ain't shit wherever you're dating them. <laughs> but you know, I'm like, okay, um, fine. But then me, I'm like, we're not serious about one another. Mm. But I'm like, okay, he's here, Sawa, you know. And then a lot, so I'm like, Sawa, this is New York brother. Even me, I'm like, I'm like a bit of a dish. Yeah. yeah. So and I'm First not- of all, guys, for those listening, I just want to let you know, Kevin is a really good looking guy. Very good looking guy. Don't even think otherwise. You're a good looking guy, Kevo. You, I can see you go to the gym. Your traps are here showing. And yes, and like you, you're a good looking guy. So I would not be surprised for you, when you go to New York. It's just like, oh my God, he's African. He has an accent. He's handsome. Oh, hi. <laughs> and you know, but sometimes you sort of, the sad thing is I struggled with self-esteem and you don't sort of see yourself the way people see you. What? For many years, I didn't see myself the way people saw No, me. you're a hunk. Asante. Yeah. And, and it's owning that. Yeah. You know, and saying thank you. People say, I'm trying. I'm like, what are you trying? You're you, This is how you're creating. I mean, I'm even trying not to give you the compliments too much because it looked like I'm just trying to thank you. I remember when you walked out of the car and I, when you went to pick up your bag from the boot, you know, you notice things. And I could tell you go to the gym because your, 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 what are they called? Your quads. You go uh-huh. to the gym, don't you? Yeah. You lift heavy weights. Well, I've, I've always had calves. Okay. Primary, I was, I even had the not the quads, the, um, the hamstrings. Hamstrings. Yeah, yeah. I was like, hey, this guy goes to, you, you remind me, you have a bit of a shifty money body. <laughs> so I was like, oh, he goes to the gym. Nice. Interesting. I mean, this is something I noted. Thank you. So I just want the audience to know that because I, I, I don't want you to look like you're just like uh, somebody who is letting people walk all over you. I don't think that's who you are. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, so so I think I think New York was that fr- first red flag, and Kevin in the initial stages was never really far from that relationship. You know, you some, one time it was consuming my mind too much, mm. oh, and, yeah. and he was never forefront about it. And I remember when he was now when he came to Kilifi, um, there's one time we had had a lovely day, and then he was sending me pictures of the day that we'd had. I'm like, but why are you sending me these pictures? And then he sort of deleted them, and then I'm like, oh, hit me, you sent it to the wrong Kevin. Oh God! So I'm like, ah. Yeah, and again, you see, it's a flag. It's not a reason to be like it's over. It's yeah. usually the small but things. Yeah. yeah, for me, it wasn't like ah, oh, now you know. But the, the princess, the late princess Diana, do you know when she said there are always three of us in the relationship? In the relationship, it yeah. felt like that. Oh, and I think in hindsight, sometimes there were always. If it wasn't the, the first that boyfriend who I met, it was this other guy. I'm like. Oh, wow, there are always three of us mm. in this relationship. Mm-hmm. And then I think the other red flag was at times I think he would put the other person's needs when I was in Cote d'Ivoire before me. Mm. Second time round. Yeah. Mm. And I'm like, boss, but... And I remember challenging him. I'm like, this is... And I remember one time when we, we were having a heated conversation, like, but this is like New York again. And he quickly denied it. Like, no, no, no. I'm like, because I told him, no, you're doing this again. And he said, no. And like, But I told him, like, you didn't tell me, man. You know, and then he conceded and yeah, sheepishly did something. And I was like, okay, you're, you're forgiven. Yeah. You know, um, that, those, were, those were the red flags. I felt along the way, Jules, he, he didn't protect me. Yeah. And, I, and I was left to discover stuff for myself mm. about how long um, this other gentleman had been in, around, and who, you know, I'm like, offer this information to me. I'm your, I'm, I'm your partner. How do you think you contributed to the breakdown? Of this relationship, that's a, maybe I could have asked a lot more questions. I would have asked a lot more questions and and and, and said, and maybe we should have had that convers. We could have had that conversation of when you meet someone. Can we have that? Can you? When you, what happens when you meet someone who you really like? Mm. That should have been something we should have we should have discussed prior to to that to 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 to, to the fact. You know, so that we know, I'm like, okay, we, you know, maybe we left, we both left it for chance. Sometimes I'm like, maybe, yeah, I should have, you see, again, I'm thinking I should have the one who, who should have initiated, helped draw the boundaries. But I think it takes two to tango. Takes two. It takes two to tango. Um, I'm not saying I'm a saint. I'm not a saint. But I, I loved him. I remember one of the messages told him when, when I was breaking up, like, I have nothing else to leave you to, to I have nothing more to give you, bruh. I am empty. I'm literally empty. I have poured everything into this relationship. Mm. Everything. 
you've left me with nothing. And I did feel that way. I felt empty, Jules. I'm so sorry. You know, um, it, and, and you know, when you're in someone, you're like, oh, there are no chooms, and we're both freelancers, you know, so it's, there's a hassle. If there's this, uh, I'll send you the money, or we, money flowed easily without even keeping tabs. I'm like, why am I even keeping tabs? You know, I'm like, you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. When he came here, I was like, oh, I haven't been paid for this. I'm like, that's fine. My money will come by this time. It was fine. I'm like, I'm like, this money is for the two of us. You want this? We'll do this together. So even we got his tombs, you know, what that kind of thing. You do stuff for me. I do stuff for him without keeping tabs. Yeah. But I got, I realized I, I gave myself kabisa and, and I'm still thinking about it. Just like, what did I do to contribute? Maybe just, I could have spoken more. If you, you could have sp- stood up for yourself a little bit more. I could have stood up, yeah, yeah, and just to say, but this is this is not how I want to be loved. Mm. This is this is this is hurting me. There's a fear we have to stand up for ourselves in relationships because you don't want to upset somebody else because they'll see it like a rebellion. And there are times I didn't, I, and I think that's why when I told him I'm out, he took that as a personal affront because I stood up for myself. And I don't think him and previous other previous boyfriends were always hanging around because, you know, he, he was very he is very good looking. Mm. <laughs> and then I don't think like this guy is cute. And then, but I also had to tell myself. Someone told me, but hold on, Kevo, you're also also cute. You know, I you know, and I, I need to see a picture because you guys must have made a cute couple. <laughs> we did, you know. One time I'm like, we can't break up. We make nice pictures. Babies, silly <laughs> things like that. <laughs> One thing that for me was really was woke me up was I uh, think in um, 2021 I got featured in Vogue magazine as one of the top active someone wrote about activists in Africa and I was featured in Vogue congratulations Asante I was in Vogue magazine man and someone was going to interview me about that and I was like oh yeah but my boyfriend does this that told me no 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 dude you are in Vogue magazine yeah his time will come yeah and that hit me I'm like Kevo this is your moment bruh this is your moment. You are the one in Vogue, not Carlos. Own it. Own it. And people start saying, bruh, look at the shit you're doing, man. Own that. People are seeing it. You know, not so quickly say, oh, yeah, but there's also, I'm like, no, bruh. Own the fucking shit. You're a writer. You're a podcaster. Own your shit. But I'd so easily put that under, um, I'd so put, put, put that aside, you know. Um, and I remember after that, I, I went back to therapy briefly, you know, and I remember the therapist saying, you know, don't go hard on yourself. You know, that was one thing, not going hard, on, not, not being hard on myself. Mm. It was important, you know. And then I learned that along the way, it was tough to learn. He, Carlos loved me the way that he thought he could. You know, someone saying he, he and, and someone who knew the both of us and had seen us like, he, this guy loved you but he loved you in the way that he thought he could love you, not the way that you wanted to be, to loved, be loved by him. Yes. And that was hard to understand initially. You know, you wanted 70, I, I wanted 80% and he gave you 40. Or even maybe his version of 40 is his version of 100. Kabisa. You know, I feel like even people who, the reason I ask this question, how did you contribute to the breakdown of the relationship? It's not what you did to make the relationship break up. It's what you contributed, either by omission or by action. Mm -hmm. So by not standing up for yourself, you contribute to the breakdown because you allow this person to continue... Superseding Superseding your needs, emotional needs in the relationship. What would you say... um, are some of your biggest takeaways from this relationship that you are going to use in your future relationships and or for your personal development? It sounds cliche, but love yourself. Just love yourself. And I, I was guilty of not having loved myself. I would not do nice things for myself. Love yourself. Love yourself. Love yourself. You know, even if it's just hugging yourself, looking in the mirror and saying, you are beautiful. I, I'd, stopped, I'd stopped looking after Kevo. Mm. And, I, and it's not just with Carlos, but in so many other relationships, I'd stopped looking out for Kevo. Because I was, I was busy looking out for the other person constantly. And like, no, bro, you need to love yourself. Come back to base. And base was me. Affirming myself. Seeing, the, seeing, seeing who I am as enough. 
as beautiful, mm. you know, um, as, as a gift to this universe as well. I had stopped. I'd stopped seeing myself, Kabisa. You know, self love. Self love is important, and, and and I've been doing a lot of work this year of affirming myself, of just building myself, and 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 being on that journey of healing, um, where my body is fighting one thing, but I'm also fixing myself, and it's beautiful. It's been a beautiful journey to say, "Oh my goodness, kid, you are worth it. Mm-hmm. You are worth it. This is who you are." And and I think I've just noticed, Jules, that even as an openly my man, forgive my my queerness, my gayness, has and being authentic has just felt a lot more real now because now I'm being authentic to me as a person. So I'm more. Um, there's even there's just a way, even like I mean, even this T-shirt that I'm wearing that says, you know, says be you. Sometimes like, hey, if I walk through town, I'm like, Sawa, why am I worried? I, you are constantly worrying about what other people think. Mm. And I'm like, why? Why am I living for other people? I only know this life. I'm only know, why am I worried about people who don't pay my bills, who don't look after me, who don't help me when I'm sick? You know, why am I worrying for other people? Worry about yourself. Mm-hmm. Initially, you think it's very selfish. But I can tell you, like a disease like cancer to survive a disease, to fight a disease like cancer, you have to be selfish. You have to look out for yourself. You have to take care of your needs so that you can heal. And I think even in love, that is it. You have to love yourself so that you can love. You know, appreciating my body for fighting cancer, appreciating my body for, for looking after itself, you know, and admiring my body and saying, wow, you know, I, when I, I think when I turned my birthday last year, I took pictures in speedos that I was so scared. I'm like, <laughs> I cannot be a guy like this taking pictures in speedos. I took pictures in those speedos. Yes. And like, I'm looking rather fine. Yes, you are. You know, um, so it, it was just seeing myself, Jules. Mm. And, and for anyone who, who is in the, who, who I think it's important for any, for all of us to see, to see ourselves, to love ourselves. So that we can also receive the kind of love that we want. Yeah. So that even when it's not there, like sour. But I know I love me. Mm. I don't need another person. And then for future relationships, I keep on putting it out to the universe. I hope the person I will meet is also doing the self-work for themselves. For themselves. That's Such so that, important. So that when we do meet, I'm like, brah, we've been doing the work. Now let's pour into this relationship. Yeah. It's not a destination um, self-work. Yeah. It keeps evolving. It keeps evolving. You, you, yeah, you get this one done, then there's another shadow that comes. And there's an, you know, it, just, yeah, it just has to keep going. So you ha- if you're the kind of person who really believes in personal development and doing self-work, I don't see how you can be somebody who doesn't do the Kabisa. same. It's, it's, it's their compatibility is just going to be off. Um, I have one last question. Actually, I kind of have two, but um, there's one that one of my f- my my listeners, her name is Asia. Shout out to Asia. She sent me a message and she's like, Jules, at the beginning of your podcast, at the intro, you always say, is it better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all? So she's like, maybe you should ask your guests this. And I was like, fantastic idea. I'm going to start doing it. Thank you, Asia. Kevo, knowing what you know now, <laughs> two in one question. Where are you now? And... Was it worth it in the sense that is it better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all? Um, Given that it was very painful. <laughs> I'm in a better place. My heart is, my heart is <clears throat> healing. My heart is stronger. My heart is growing. I think that's the thing. My heart is growing. You know, because it's, that's what it is. It's always pumping. It's growing. You know, and our hearts are full of love. Mm. You know, uh, having lost a good friend and it, that hit a different part of my heart. It was like, my goodness, this the heart is so capable of loving so many people that the pain is not the same pain that I had for my dad when I lost my dad, for my friend Lorna when I lost her. So for me, I'd say my heart is, 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 is my heart is growing. My heart is growing. Um, and it's open. I'm one of those people, I'm like, is, is open to love, you know, so in, in response to your next question is, is I, I'm, love is a beautiful thing. How can you not want to, to, to experience that? And, and I think in experiencing love, don't you also learn about yourself? Mm-hmm. So I think saying not to have loved is, do you, do you know who you are in not to have loved? Do you know how, would you know how important self-love is? And in, in, in knowing what self-love is, you know yourself. I'll say it in Kiswahili, could you do And even offering that to another human being, I think that's a beautiful thing. So for, definitely it is better to have loved. 
and lost. Uh, and love and lost because there are lessons there. Yeah. And lessons that have helped me grow to make me and hopefully to make me a better lover. A better lover to myself, to a better lover to the other person and like, whoa, I'm not going to I'm to show that I'm also evolving, that my heart is growing, my as a person I'm growing, my spirit is growing to become a better human being and to love better. I'm not saying even in my previous relationships I've, I've been a saint. No, 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 no. No to even treat people better to treat myself better. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. Uh I just I don't know part of me feels I just need to reiterate this that I'm in a better place. You know, I I've I've discovered someone who I had neglected for a very long time. Me. Thank you so much Kevin for sharing your story. Um I don't know, it's touched me, touched me on so many levels, especially um around the area of self-love. I think self-love is one of those things is is something that's uh, abstract to me. I get it, but then sometimes I don't get it. You know, I'm like, is this a form of self-love? I'm creating a boundary. Is it self-love? Is it selfish? Is is it selfish? Is it selfless? So trying to figure out what self-love is because it's the way you exercise self-love um is different to how I ex- exercise self-love and how the next person Absolutely. in this room. So it's hard to tell somebody this is how you love yourself. You get what I mean? So it's one of those things where it has to be a personal um, discovery. All right. Thank you so much, Kevin, for sharing with us this amazing, beautiful story. Um, the name of the book that I shared early on in the episode is called Courage to Share. I will leave the link to this book in the show notes of this podcast or on my Instagram page on So This Is Love Podcast. Kevin, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. And this is part of the healing. I feel I can breathe, Kidogo. You've exhaled. Fantastic. If you have liked this episode, please subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. You can also share this podcast with a friend or two and follow us on our Instagram at so this is love underscore podcast. If you would like to be a part of this podcast, you can also reach us via direct message on our Instagram. This is Jules. See you next time.